What's up, guys? Before we get into the episode, if you guys can please show me some love and like this video, rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, that would be so appreciated. Thank you so much, guys. Molly, can you show us some of the best candies ever that you've received? I'm going to be honest. Everything I've sh- I'm showing you today is something I've made personally. That's fine. I, I know. I've never been given like something really cool by another person. <laughs> um, if that makes sense. Like, um, I'm you're just, given that. Because you're just that amazing, right? <laughs> Today, I have a very awesome guest on the pod. I started seeing her name around on Instagram frequently within the last year and have later to come to find out that she is also an admin for a base garden community. And I just wanted to uh, really speak to her because she just has the most awesome vibes, but also is a fellow candy kid and shares a love for candy. So without further ado, please welcome Molly, aka Molly Emma. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. What's up, girl? It's finally nice to meet you. I know it's unfortunate that it has to be over FaceTime, but I'm excited because everything seems to be opening up and it looks like I might get to hug everyone so soon. I know it's so strange but it's also awesome because um, it's currently like the middle of may right now and festivals are actually happening so it's so wild i know and it seems like i mean from what i understand nothing bad happened from like ubby like health wise so like big thumbs up to that like super happy (laughs) yeah i was actually just talking about that it you know i think a lot of people were so scared about WW and it being the first festival back and people were so concerned about like an outbreak but you know it's been over what three weeks and we haven't heard anything significant in terms of there being like a spike in cases like straight from WW or multiple people uh you know being infected and I think that's just the best news ever I know it makes me so excited I can't wait I personally don't have anything really until fall Maybe excision in June. Maybe we are thinking about it, but we haven't bought any tickets yet. Um, but I'm just so excited to get back. Yeah, I I'm actually in the same boat. I, the only thing I really have planned this year is EDC in October. But uh, yeah, excision is going on tour. Uh, he is coming here to Vegas in July. And it's going to be outdoors. And that's one of the reasons why I'm like, oh, I'm going to go just because I live here and I know how hot it is. And I feel like a lot of people um, don't understand how hot it is even at night. I mean, I definitely understand. I only have been to EDC when it was in June and I can only imagine how bad it is in July. (laughs) Yeah, I'm talking like 110 degrees at night, like anywhere from a hundred, 110 to like a hundred or even like high nineties at nighttime. And I think a lot of people think that, you know, at nighttime it'll cool down. It'll be like California, but it's like, no, this is the desert. It's going to be hot as balls. Yeah. I'm having that same like debate because I just moved to Arizona in October and 
we haven't been to like Rawhide yet. That's where they hold like majority of their events. And, but it's going to be in June. Like it's going to be hot. And so we are a little hesitant, but we just have to get used to it because we're planning on staying here for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, what part of Arizona are you living in? I'm in Tucson. So I am about like an hour and 20 minutes away from Rawhide and about two hours away from Phoenix and Scottsdale. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that you were like right next door to me. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, I just moved in October from California. So, I mean, I guess I was still kind of next door to you then when being in California, but now I'm way closer. Wow. So, okay. I thought this whole time, like you're living in Florida, because I do know that you are an admin for um, Base Garden. So I don't know why in my head, I thought that you like lived in Florida with Bree and I didn't know this was like a long distance type of deal. Yeah. You know, I actually met Bree over quarantine. I didn't actually really start making con- like content on Instagram until like last March after I graduated college. And like, I ended up meeting her and we seemed to click really well. And I saw she posted something saying she was like taking a step back because she didn't have time. And so I reached out to her. I was like, hey, if you need help with the page, I have some free time. And then that's kind of how we linked up and it just went from there. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Okay. Before we like get a little too far into this, uh, (laughs) Molly, can you give us a little bit of insight into who Molly MF is and who you are and um, like how all of this even came to be about? Well, uh, my name is actually Molly. Um, I know, ironic. (laughs) I remember when I first started raving in 2014, people legit did not believe me when I told them that at events. I had to like show them my ID in a couple instances. And I was like, nope, that's my name. Do you think that was like your rave name? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because rave names were super big when I got in the scene, or at least they were like on the like tail end, I feel like. And then they, I feel like they really dropped off in like 2016. Because like I did a poll on this and no one really has a rave name now. Like people who started raving in like 2017, 2018, things like that. But I graduated college last, um, like March, May time. Um, I'm a design major and I'm currently looking for a job. So right now I just do DoorDash for work. Oh, wait, when you say design major, is that like web design or interior design or? Um, Ideally interior design, but um, I have a general design degree so I can branch over into a bunch of different areas. Oh, wow. That's so cool. um, Wow. I didn't know that that was like, that's what it would be specifically called like interior design. So that's awesome. Yeah, I really love it. Um, Like I said, I'm looking for a job. We just moved here. So fingers crossed that'll happen soon. Um, I mean, thankfully more jobs are opening. So hopefully soon. I actually had an interview this morning. So fingers crossed on that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fingers crossed. Holy shit. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll see. Um, It's in my town. Like I won't have to commute. So that's ideally, um, that's ideal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I hope you get it. That's great news, girl. Yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, I run the page with Bree um, over at Base Garden Community. Um, I'm a Rolita Rebel as long as an as a ambassador for Freedom Raveware and Critter Clips and Pixie Rave Shop, which is a really cute little accessory place. Um, 
And yeah, um, I live in Arizona now. I'm new. No friends out here yet. <laughs> what made you want to move to Arizona? Uh, my boyfriend actually got a really, really good job opportunity. And so we moved for like his career advancement, essentially. Oh, okay. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And like, we've been together for a long time now. So it was just uh, a little sacrifice for a long like term, better outcome. Sure. Sure. Do you like Arizona? So far, it's so good. It's getting hot though. So we'll see how I feel towards the end of summer. Well, what part of California are you from? Uh, I lived uh, like outside of LA, um, on and off between Santa Clarita. And then before I moved here, I lived in Long Beach. Oh, shit. Very nice. Wow. That's such a climate change compared to Arizona, like super like, dry, like coming from like someplace that was like humid and relatively like cool at night. Yeah, it's a big change. Uh, my sinuses and all that's trying to get used to it, but it's fine. I give it like another couple months and I think I'll get used to all the stuff. Yeah, I think too, it, it's just going to be like a lot of newness in terms of like the festival scene, kind of like what you were saying earlier, like with going to Rawhide. I've never been either, so I don't know what that's uh, like, but from the photos that I've seen, it looks really cool. And it's like a different vibe too, almost like a Western type vibe. Yeah, it's in like a Western town or something. Like I said, I've never been. My sister went to Decadence one year. Um, and Isn't either. Well, I guess I'm going to go this year if it happens. I don't know though, because countdown has my heart like me we've been to a couple countdowns me and my boyfriend together specifically so um we might make a little trip over to california to go to countdown if it happens this year was that your first festival oh no uh my first festival was actually edc las vegas wait me actually <laughs> that was my first like rave my first festival is actually warp tour like way back like when I was oh, like festival younger. festival yeah. yeah like festival festival it was EDC Las Vegas and then it just snowballed from there <laughs> nice dude isn't Warp Tour like completely done like over they don't do the world tour anymore or the like um the, like the U.S. tour anymore but they do like still a uh, state by state it's way smaller though are you serious I thought they completely shut it down I didn't know they were still doing it no, they just shut down like their whole U.S. tour. I'm sure that had something to do with the decline of like uh, that type of music. Like, but it's on the up again, I feel like. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Who are some of the uh, bands that you saw? Oh, God, so many. Um, uh, like, well, I guess my most memorable ones is I saw like Streetlight Manifesto. Um, I've seen. Um, I can't remember either. August Burns Red and Pierce the Veil, like Asking Alexandria, um, just all the goodies, all of them. <laughs> I love that. Whenever I hear that people like used to listen to that type of music, I'm always like, and here we are listening to like EDM. I, I feel like, the, like, I want to say maybe 75% of people have some type of, uh, like background listening to something that involves a guitar usually I have a theory about this I have a theory that like whatever music you listen to pre um pre-raver I guess you would say 
kind of navigates what genre and subgenres you kind of like. Like, I feel like everyone who likes metal and like stuff like that, they're totally into bass heads. Or like yep. people who really like pop, like, well, like more like mainstream or they're like house music. And then people who like hip hop and rap, they go for trap. Like, yeah, <laughs> I just feel like there's a EDM genre for every normal genre, I would say. Oh, I agree. And it's so easy to to see that, like kind of see like both worlds collide, especially with um, who was, I think asking Alexandria, I think they do have some stuff with Kezo, if I'm not mistaken. And there has just been so many different like collaborations. And I mean, look at freaking um, what that Skrillex song, Purple Lamborghini with Rick Ross. It's like this giant, like, I don't know. It's just so cool to see like these worlds collide. And I think that's definitely why you see like all of like us older ravers kind of going to whatever genre that attracts us. Yeah. I love that, that the like old school mashups and sets have been so good, but I feel like you see more of that blending and uh, dubstep and bass music compared to the other genres. I I do agree with that. I feel like it's almost like, I mean, I don't know how old you are. I feel like even remember this, but like kind of like when Linkin Park did that numb song oh. with Jay-Z, I, that's what it reminds me of. That, like, it's so good. All of it. Um, I just, I love music blending. It's just cause they all, they all just stem from key roots. So why not just stack them all on top of each other and make magic? Yeah, I'm for it. I'm so for it. Uh, what's your like go-to genre? Uh, definitely bass music. Um, but I do like all the genres. I mean, what would, what genre would Griffin be considered? Because I really love Griffin. Um, and I really love Cray. I don't think I've listened to any of Cray. Yeah, Cray's cool. She's the one who, she's dating Kezo. Oh, okay. See, I'm not like a major fan of Kezo. I mean, yeah. I know about Kezo. I'm like, have listened to some songs, but I'm not like super uh, invested. But okay, that's good to know. Um, I mean, I don't know. With Griffin, I would say a little bit more mainstream, more pop. Yeah, but is mainstream considered a genre though? That like I always go like back and forth on this, but Ultimately, yeah, I guess you would say like mainstream, like mainstream music I really like and then bass music are my go-tos. Oh, okay. Very nice. Well, I feel like with mainstream, when I say mainstream, I don't mean like you would hear them on the radio. I mean, you probably would, but like in my head, (laughs) I think more so mainstream as in being like on the main stage at EDC or like... yeah. To make me happy music. That's what I think about when I think of like main stage music, like music that just is light and makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. And this is like not to hate on it or anything. No, like- not at all. I love it. That's what I'm saying. It's one of my favorites. I just don't know what to call it. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I mean, I would say uh, poppy EDM. I don't know. I don't even know what. I don't know. I'm not sure. Someone's going to say it's house or something in the comments, but I have no idea. If you know, let me know because I've been struggling with this for a real long time. (laughs) Yeah. Gosh, same thing with um, like Elenium. I feel like Elenium is like dubstep sometimes and then other times more so, um, I guess you could say poppy EDM. I don't know. It's so... Yeah, so it's, little. it's whatever. It's all amazing. <laughs> Who cares what you call it? It's great. As long as it's got a good bop, I'm going to like it. Yeah. I mean, it's EDM, so. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, 
what was I going to ask you? Oh, so um, like with base garden, like how do you um, like, have you been managing that? I mean, cause you just moved from like California and then like finding a job. I feel like that's, that's like so much to handle. How do you like manage all of that? Um, well, I do have a lot of free time because I do do DoorDash right now for my job. Um, the flexibility and the hours are great. So I just do it kind of when I'm at home. Like it, for the base garden, I mainly handle like reposting people on our stories. And um, like I do Fest Outfit Inspo every Friday, which is super fun. I love doing that. And I make like a little fancier infographic card for that. Um, so that takes me a little bit more time, but I'll try to like batch those. Like I'll do like a whole month or I'll do like two weeks at a time just so they're ready in my phone. And I just have to like press send. I don't have to worry about it every Friday if I do that. Oh, wow. So what's that process like for you? Do you sit down and kind of create them all at once or? Um, sometimes, like I said, it just kind of depends on what my week flow is like. Um, I, um, normally I'll just do like two weeks at a time and I'll find the outfits that go along with whatever theme I assigned for the month. And then, um, I'll just, um, I'll go into Pixar and use like all their free stuff in there and make it look pretty. (laughs) What's that? It's just an app on your phone. I do all of it on my cell phone. Oh, Pixar. Is it kind of like Mm -hmm. Canva or is it? Yeah, it. It's like Canva and uh, Facetune, like made a baby. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's on. It's like that's one of their top free apps. I was looking for a new app because I just wasn't happy with. Um, I wasn't happy with how Facetune was. Like I just like ugh, I just this isn't. I want to do like some fun stuff with my pictures, and it was really limited on that app. And so I just browsed the app store and I found it, and I really like it. So that's what I use. Oh, wow. And it's free. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a pro version just like any other app, but their free version gives you access to a lot of things like you don't even need to get the pro in my opinion. Oh, wow. I'm going to have to check that out because um, for Facetune, I think Facetune, God, I bought it so freaking long ago. I forget how much it is, but it's like, I want to say it's like $5. I could be wrong, but I don't have like the video one and like because I had it since like 2018 like a while back and they took Mm -hmm. away some of the features that were on there and made them pro so I'm just like okay I barely use this anymore so I don't even think I I think I'm just gonna delete it and stop paying for it but I don't know yeah try this one because their free features are great I definitely suggest it I just downloaded a video one recently that I saw like an ad for and haven't really had time to play around with it but it looks like that one could do some maybe interesting stuff, but I'm not going to give the name to that yet because I haven't tried it. <laughs> and I don't know oh, how good okay. it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of like uh, creating, uh, like you said, like those um, like those cards and like the fashion inspo, um, where do you get like, I, I guess, where do you get your inspiration when you do create those? Because I feel like those types of things are... Um, almost time consuming. Cause you have to like, kind of think about it and think about what goes well and how it'll look. Um, well, first uh, thing I do is each month I'll pick a theme. So like, for example, this month is rainbow. And then, so I just try to like find small business pieces that kind of go along with the theme and I'll cross them each week. I switch off between like regular sizing 
plus size fashion and then more of a like unisex men's that way um, everyone can see something that maybe is more in their style or something that will actually fit them. Uh, I think that that helps a lot when it comes to like inspiration for um, outfits and all of that. Yeah. Was that something that you came up with or that you saw and like wanted to utilize? Yeah, that was something that I came up with. Like the Fest Outfit Inspo was all my idea. I pitched it to Brie and she's like, yeah, do it. That sounds great. Like (laughs) do it. Uh, And so then I told her I wanted to do that format. She was like, we know we like all the inclusivity here at Base Garden. So that's kind of what I just have been sticking to. It's starting to get a little more difficult for like plus size because there aren't as many options. So I'm starting to repeat brands, but there's so much great outfits from all those brands that do provide the plus size fashion. So I'm not running out of any content anytime soon. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like it's, Hey, shout out to those brands. I mean, it's more exposure and more promo for them and more of like a way to get it out there that, you know, more options are available for like, uh, plus size people. Yeah, it's uh, I it's definitely getting better. I remember when I started raving, and I wasn't even as big as I am now, and I'm on the smaller end of plus size as well. Um, but it was just there was nothing when I first started, and so it's so nice seeing so many brands coming out with all their lines, and it's just so refreshing seeing not just like the same body type everywhere. Right. When you first started, where would you get your outfits or would you create them yourself? Um, a combination of both. So like I was on the tail end of Rave Broad Fluffy's era. Me too. Um, I, I have like a pair or two that I just like can't let go. Like the old school I Heart Rave ones that had the little heart fluffies on the like strings and stuff. Like so stinking cute. Um So like, I'm a really creative person. So making fun rave bras and stuff, that was super easy, super fun. Just go buy a bra in my size and make it beautiful. But uh, bottoms were always an issue, always an issue. Um, I I heart rave sometimes would fit, but at the time their sizing was the small slash medium, medium slash large. Mm -hmm. That's like what they did for majority of their items. And so... That didn't work all the time for that medium slash large. And even when they introduced their large slash extra large, it was a very small, large slash extra large. <laughs> right. I feel like that could be frustrating. There was a lot of uh, buying and trying on and it not fitting and getting frustrated and having to return it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's what's nice about the beauty of this, like, kind of new aware. Um, I hate, I hate saying this word cause I feel like it's good and bad, but like woke climate is that there's more awareness. And so, um, because of that awareness, there's more options for everyone. I feel like that's one of the good things, um, that I, I do like that. I see with the, with all different like rave brands. Yeah. It's really nice. And it, it seems like brands are straying away from the, yeah, we have plus size, but you have to order a custom and it's going to cost you more. Which is bullshit. Oh, yeah, it, it's so frustrating. I'm just like, okay, thank you, next. Like, I will not be shopping with your company, in my opinion, personally, because it's not fair. Like, there's no reason for that. I understand it takes a little bit more fabric, but I don't think it would take more time. So, like, 
how much more is that two inches of fabric? Right. You know, like, do you really need to charge me $30 more for that little bit of fabric? I don't know. Yeah. And it just, the thing is too, it's like, depends on how much they're even getting. I mean, I don't make brave clothes by the way. So I just, yeah, me either. That's, I might be totally wrong and I might be totally daft for saying this, but, um, go ahead. Sorry. Finish what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I think that, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't make rave clothes. So, you know, I'm not an expert. This is just my opinion, but I think that you also have to take into account, like how, like how much are brands paying for, for that amount of fabric? I mean, if they're charging, like, I don't know, maybe a couple of dollars, I mean, any like below $10, like, okay. Mm -hmm. But it's like, how much are they really getting the fabric for if they're, you know, buying it in bulk? Like, are they getting a deal? You know, I feel like, like, yes, in terms of the effort, it might take like a little bit more time and it might take a little bit more fabric, but if you're going to upcharge, at least be reasonable or don't upcharge at all. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say. I do know that like for winter rave clothes, it, they do charge a little bit more because it is more fabric. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And it's a lot thicker and it's a lot more. I understand that bell bottoms are more cause they're more fabric, but I'm talking about like this, those two piece sets, like those just high-waisted two piece sets. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what that's I what think I'm, of. Exactly. So I feel, and the same thing, you know, if you're going to make a, a smaller size, like an extra, mm-hmm. extra small, it's like, yeah. okay, you're not going to charge less for that person because you're using less fabric. Right. So I don't know. I feel like it has to be fair. Yeah, exactly. Um, in, in that instance, they would get charged a custom fee sometimes too which is bonkers to me. Um, but it's okay. I mean, everyone can run their business how they want. I just don't see how, um, a custom's different than a made to order item. Made to order. Well, wait, isn't that the same thing? Exactly. So why do you get charged extra for the custom? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. It's all that language talk that I don't understand about having a business. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe if let's say you were only making certain sizes, like let's say you weren't, you weren't making plus size for the longest time with your business. And then you started creating plus size and it's like still a learning process for you. And maybe that's why it w- would take more time. Like maybe, I don't know. I don't run a business. Maybe. Like I said, I don't know either. <laughs> yeah, so I don't want to like totally, um, you know, like not see certain things from like their point of view, but I um, I don't know. I feel like some people are able to make it work. So who knows? Well, we'll see where it goes. Maybe there'll be different um, ways to shop and things will be better like in the future. But I think it's like everyone's still kind of experimenting, kind of playing with, you know, a different, styles and sizes so who knows maybe you just need to give them more time and be patient with yeah it goes for anything oh I know and it's it's I'm being patient and it's looking good from my standpoint so I'm happy with the way that rave fashion's going especially with men's men's rave fashion too it's steered in a real good fun direction for them giving them more options yeah I well however I do think there still needs to be more options for men because oh I agree yeah, because I do have a friend who um, has been always like, 
there's no cute men stuff. Like, where's all the men stuff with like the sequins and the glitter? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I think it's coming. I think it's just taking a lot longer, maybe because the demand isn't as um, as high or as popping compared to like, you know, all these other sizes, but whatever. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say, but I think, I think it is coming too. Yeah. I also just think it's knowing where to shop because I feel like outfits like that are really prominent in the, the like the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And and just just not knowing the stores to be able to order them from, I think, is a a big aspect of it for men's fashion specifically. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, I do have a friend who shops at I forget what website it is, but they do have a, a lot of cute like festival um, like crop tops for men. It's just that it it's so overpriced, and I think mm-hmm. that's one of his frustrations is that it's like a lot of cute like rave festival stuff for men but it's overpriced and you know he does shop at iheart raves and he sees like the big difference in terms of the pricing and i don't mm-hmm. know i feel like that's one of the thing that one of the thing one of the things that kind of sucks for him yeah well we have a long way to go but i think it's getting better yeah i think so i think well we'll see what happens but i'm optimistic about it <laughs> me too me too yeah so um kind of backtracking a little bit uh what is it like working for Postmates? I've always wondered about that. I don't know like any um, people that do that. Uh, it's super easy. <laughs> um, number one, um, I, I actually work for DoorDash instead of Postmates. I did Postmates first and I didn't like it that much um, after trying DoorDash at the same time, um, just strictly because of like their policies. But I don't, that was a couple of years ago, like when I start, first started like college and started doing this. Um, but it's been really nice. It was re- a really easy switch coming from California to Arizona. I literally just had to switch my starting point, like no paperwork, no nothing. It's super easy. Um, it's honestly really good money. Like I make on average, like 15, 16 an hour, like in Arizona, that's like pretty good. That's more than their minimum wage. That's awesome. Holy mm-hmm. crap. Is that dependent on the day or is that like every day? Yeah, I would say more on weekdays. It's like a little bit more like 13 an hour, but it's never below 10 an hour, which is still higher than the minimum wage in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. And that's not including tips. Uh, that's like include because you get your tips right away with it. So that's like oh, just on average. Yeah, with everything averaged out. Um, yeah, you get the money like instantly and you can cash out the same day. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. You know, um, it's similar, like with Uber, I think that their platform is the same way. Oh, wow. Okay. Are there certain times of the day where it's like busier or slower for you? Yeah. I mean like lunch and dinner, obviously a little busier, but, um, people are always ordering. So like I constantly am getting orders Um, it's never really an issue. I was a little worried when I moved here that it wouldn't be as good as it was in California, but it's like arguably better out here because I don't have to drive as far of distances in some instances. Um, don't have to go into as many complexes, like apartment complexes that take up time. So, um, yeah, I mean, like if it's, it's about equal, if not better out here than it was when I was in California. Oh, wow. Is there a limit in terms of distance? like that you cap off or where it's like, it's too far for your carrier or whatever. 
Um, it, I don't think that they have a cap. I don't really know how that side of it works, uh, but you have the ability to decline any order. It gives you like a little snapshot of like where you are, where the restaurant is and where the drop-off is. And then you can judge based on if you've been doing it for a while, what the restaurant is, where if you know the area, where that is, and if it's worth the payout. And then if you don't think it is, you don't have to accept it. And then they'll send you a different one. Oh, shoot. I didn't know that. I didn't know that you get to to like see a, well, get to see all that. I thought you had to like accept it first and then you get to see it. I didn't know that you get to see it beforehand. Yeah, that's like one of the reasons why I switched um, to DoorDash over doing Postmates. Their whole platform just seemed like a lot more established and just better off in general. Oh, wow. Yeah. So let's say you pick up the food and it's like late or, you know, they make it late and it's a lot later than expected. Do, do you get dinged for anything? Like, is there, is there a certain amount of time where you have to like deliver the food or is there like a grace period? Um, yeah, like they have, they, it's not like a really strict one. Like they have like an estimated pickup. You should pick it up by then and like estimated drop off. But if you get to a restaurant and the food's not ready, you can't do anything about it. The best thing you can do is just communicate with your customer. Right. That's true. Okay. Cause I order a lot from like Uber eats and they, I love them so much, but they do have some, some issues, uh, that they can fix. But, um, that's always been like super interesting to me, especially, um, that you mentioned like the whole apartment complex thing. Cause, um, like currently that's where we live and I always write the most specific directions for my driver, just because I don't want them to get lost. And there's like two entrances and there's like, like this whole fiasco. And I know that could be super stressful, but, um, have you ever had anything like like so far fetched, so crazy, like in a, a crazy apartment complex where you just couldn't find it. And you were like, I have to give up. Like, there's no way I'm going to find this place. I, I'm better off yeah. spending my time on a different order. <laughs> uh, there was one time I had to give up because I couldn't find the unit and the person was not answering their phone. Like to be able to get further instruction. But um, it's really not that hard. So if someone's having a problem and you gave really, really like concise instructions, they're just kind of dumb. I mean that in the most sincere way, like, because I've had issues with that too. And I'm like, dude, I do this. I know it's not that difficult, especially because on my end, I'm doing, I'm giving you all the information correctly. Yeah. And I, I don't know if, um, DoorDash has the same thing where it's like a, uh, like you see a map. So I always like stalk my driver. I'm like, okay, they're, they're going the right way. Or I'm like, okay, they're going the wrong way. The way I didn't want them to go. Now they're going to get lost. And mm-hmm. it's just like a whole thing. Yeah. I do the same thing whenever I use any of the food delivery apps to do it. Um, I like stalk my driver. Um, but I just more so, um, have issues when my food's wrong. And I have like, really really bad luck with this like across the board like across the board in terms of of you receiving the food or you like working and delivering the food no receiving it like if I'm a customer (laughs) Um, because even when I go out to dinner with my boyfriend like it's just I don't know why but my food just tends to either be forgotten or they forgot to put it in the computer or um, 
I asked for like one thing changed or like one thing taken off and they didn't do it when my freaking boyfriend will have like a million and one adjustments to his meal and it's like pristine and perfect. And so I just have really bad luck with that in general. And so I get very frustrated when it happens, but I know it's the restaurant, not the driver's fault. Right. I always put in the notes, I don't know if DoorDash has this, but I like in Uber Eats, there's a place where you can put notes and I always put, please double check order. And I put like a <laughs> smiley face because sometimes they won't like double check the order. And, um, okay. Like for example, and this is not to like bash on Dairy Queen, but I ordered this <laughs> I ordered a cake shake and it was basically like a shake with cake pieces in it. Mm -hmm. and so we get the order. My boyfriend gets his and it's perfect. And then mine, like behind the drink, there's a post-it and it says, hi, we're so sorry. We're actually out of cake pieces. I made a chocolate shake for you. Please call Uber Eats if there's a problem. And I was just like, what? Like I, I would have been shake. so mad. I was oh so my mad. God. Yeah, because in my head, if I was that person at Dairy Queen, I would have called me and be like, mm -hmm. hey, what do you want? We don't have the cake shake. You know, in, in, instead of just assuming I want this chocolate shake, what if I hate Yeah, what? No, or if you were allergic. Yeah, like, yeah, something, something like that. But it's like, wouldn't you ask first? So I don't know. Yeah, I that's just, weird. That's super weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I told Uber Eats the, the story and I got my money back, but I was... I don't know. That was just one of, looking back, it's actually really funny. <laughs> that was one of the issues that I had. Uh, well, unfortunately, not everything can be perfect. And when you're relying on other people, you just got to hope that they pay most, as much attention as you would to it. Well, and the other thing too, I noticed, I think if a, a driver has to pick up multiple orders from one restaurant, I think that can be, uh, like it can cause some confusion because I remember we ordered some food from this steakhouse and we ended up getting only one part of our order and it was like a giant order. And I had to call like the steakhouse and they were like, yeah, we had multiple orders. Um, we gave your driver the, the, uh, like your guys's food. And all we got was like our appetizer, which was like a whole bunch of breadsticks or like little Brazilian cheese balls. And the actual mm -hmm. went to the other person that that person was delivering to oh no yeah it, oh no yeah that was really upsetting but I like tried to understand but then I was like I'm taking away that tip because yep it's so specific and mm -hmm. how can you and by the way the order it was from a Brazilian steakhouse so it was a hundred yeah exactly so I was like how is this yeah I don't know I yeah I took away the tip I said yeah no don't feel bad about that that's totally I, and you know Unfortunately, like there are some bad people in the world that will just like steal food. My boyfriend was saying that he was like, he probably yeah. stole the food and ate it. And I was like, I don't know. It's it's definitely possible. I wouldn't, I, I know it's definitely possible because not everyone's a good person. Um, but, and I've heard, I've seen like videos and stuff of like people catching their drivers, eating their food, like down the I've street from their house. <laughs> but um, sure. I, if they're a good, honorable person, you shouldn't have any issues with the orders. Like I said, if it, there is an issue, it's usually because of the merchant. Um, 
Like, and especially with right now with COVID, like, I don't know about other platforms, but like, if it's sealed or taped or anything, we are not allowed to open it right now to double check. So you just have to like, like ask the, ask the restaurant, make sure it's the right order and just hope for the best because we are not allowed to open it. It's funny you say that um, because I found out the the hard way because I told the driver that it was literally after that steak house incident I literally told my driver with their next order please double check order and then I got this giant message back saying because of COVID I cannot open any orders mm-hmm. for reasons and I was like oh shit okay so then that's when I started putting in the notes please double check mm-hmm. so like yeah just to yeah be- that's the best way that's the best practice to do honestly yeah have you had anyone like go crazy on you for like an order being incorrect or like um like missing things um not like gone crazy on me but I have gotten like texts after I dropped something off or people like fraudulently saying that I didn't drop off their food what yeah that's annoying and don't do that. Don't do that. Anyone. I don't know if you know, but that can make the person lose their job. Like don't do that. If you're just trying to get a full refund on your meal or if your meal's wrong, don't report it. Or like, if you know it's missing something, don't report it as that because like report it in the right category, because that can seriously make someone lose their job and like really screw someone over. So like, just don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I think that can make, um, yeah. Cause then it looks like they're, they're stealing your food and I don't, I don't know. I think, I think, yeah, that would be totally fucked up. But I know with Uber eats, they actually send a photo. Like the driver will send you a photo of the food saying delivered. And I don't know if, um, that's what DoorDash does, but maybe that's why, oh, they do that. Okay. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, but I know that, uh, what's it called? It's really interesting because I think, um, stop. Uh, is that your kitty? Yeah, he like oh. always comes and butts in the podcast at like the worst time. But, um, I think, uh, oh yeah, so with like showing like profile pictures and stuff on on those types of apps, I always get like kind of like weird about it only because. I'm like, oh, like if they can, I don't know, if they like judge you off your profile picture, I feel like they might like treat you differently or be weird. And I only say that because one time we were ordering and then it was like, our driver was like this beautiful, uh, like blonde lady. And my boyfriend like always looks through the windows to see if our our, uh, driver's gonna like come drop off the food. And it was it was someone completely different. It was like an Asian guy. So I was like, oh, like maybe he's doing that like to protect himself or maybe, I don't know. I was like, well, maybe not. Maybe that's mm-hmm. his, her boyfriend or something. But I thought that was really, um, really strange. Cause I think with Uber, I'm sure with other platforms, they have to like verify that that's you. And I don't know. It's possible that it's someone doing it together. Like someone drives and someone gets out and picks up and drops off the food. Oh, okay. So it might, it might have been under that person's name and she's driving the car cause she's liable or she can like drive. And then maybe it's like her kid or something hopping out and dropping off the food and grabbing it from the merchant. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Or I was thinking a lot maybe- of people do. Oh, oh they do? No. Oh, a okay. lot of people do that. Yeah. I, me and my boyfriend were doing that for a little bit when I first started doing it, just to like hang out. Like, cause yeah. I was working a lot, you know, he'd just come with me for a little bit. And then we we're close to our house. I drop him off. Oh, okay. but, he, but he would drive and I would be the one getting out and handling all the food and interactions. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Cause this, I've, I've seen this twice and it was always, uh, a girl driver, but it was always a guy who would come drop it off. So I was like, maybe it's a safety thing, but yeah, it could also be that. I mean, hundred percent. Um, it could be a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's cool. I, I don't know. I always thought that, um, like doing that side hustle was always like, Oh, it's on your time. Cause I think it is on your time, right? Like you get to choose when you want to work. Um, in DoorDash specifically, you have to like be a top dasher to get access to log on whenever you want. But if not, then you would just schedule your drives kind of like a regular job. Oh, so what's a top dasher? It just has to do with your ratings. So you have to have like a certain amount of deliveries each month. Um, like a, your ratings have to be over a certain percentage in a couple different categories. And then that's all it is. And then it'll give you the ability to log on and log off whenever you want. Oh, okay. Are you a top dasher? Yeah, because I use it for majority of my bills. So I hit all the categories, no problem. Wow. How, how long have you been doing this, by the way? Um, I started doing it in 2018 when I transferred to finish my bachelor's degree. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you're like a pro at this. <laughs> I've been doing it for a while, but I'm really ready to stop. <laughs> I really want to get a job in my field. <laughs> yeah. I'm, well, I'm sure that experience will like still help you in, in the long run. Like I think with any job, like with, you know, like basic skills, like analysis and like, I don't know. I feel, I feel like, I feel like jobs that aren't really in like your fields. Like I know a lot of people that go to school and then they don't get a job in their field. And like, they say the same thing. Like I want to get a job like that's in my field, but mm -hmm. I feel like that job that you had prior, like it'll show you some skills that you'll need for that field, like in preparation. Oh yeah. Cause if it doesn't fall under one category, it's probably under the customer service category. <laughs> and that's always good on a resume. Yeah, that's true. I think customer service is something that is actually really difficult for a lot of people. Uh, yeah, I think that there's a lot of factors that go into that, whether it be like psychological or mental or isn't that, wait, is that the same thing? I think that might be the same thing. Those two words, meaning psychologicals of your brain, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I know I get what you're saying though. Like, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. No, no, I agree. I think it depends on like how much patience you have mm -hmm. as well. And if you can read social cues really well, because if you don't, and I've seen it, I've had coworkers who don't like read like people's body language or understand sarcasm and mm -hmm. that can be really, really difficult and make your life hell. Yeah. Cause you're in medical, right? Yeah. You're in the medical field? I used to work field? retail. I used to yeah. work retail for like 10 years. Yeah. So you, you know all about it then it's, it's important to be able to pick up on those like social cues and regardless customer service is good on your resume. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that's what helped me become like a better people person. And also it, I feel like that's what made me 
like come out of my shell and it's like been easier for me to like talk to people and make friends and meet people at, you know, raves and festivals. Cause I'm so used to talking to strangers all the time. Yeah, it definitely um, breaks open that shell and uh, makes it a lot easier. I feel like those entry level beginning, uh, like fresh out of high school jobs are always really um, shell breaking, I would say. Yeah, because then you're forced to do it. Like you have no mm-hmm. choice. Yeah, same with like uh, when you go to college and you are forced to do presentations. Oh, yeah. I had a love <laughs> relationship with those. I had to learn to love them real quick because in my major, that's like all you do. You present everything that you produce. Oh, really? Was yeah. that like a every week type of thing? Oh, no. <laughs> we would have like four projects a semester. Because of the, um, like, uh, like scale of how big they were, depending on the class, of course, like there could be smaller things in between there, but but yeah, definitely a lot of late nights in my major. A lot of people don't know that about design and interior design. They think it's just like picking out fabrics and drawing pretty pictures, which it is, but those pretty pictures we draw take 10 hours to produce sometimes. Oh, wow. Um, Why would it take so long? Um, Just making sure it's like drawn properly. There's a, I wouldn't say there's a lot of chemistry in drawing, but just for perspective wise, like drawing proportionately. And then not to mention if you're doing anything with color, like rendering it to make it look realistic, it can be very time consuming. Oh, wow. So it wasn't just like, like physically on like a piece of paper. It was like on the computer then, am I right? Yeah, the, um, when I first started my education, it was a lot of stuff by hand. And then towards the end, it was basically all switched to digital. I even had to take a shop class and I built a table. Oh, wow. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. <You're> amazing. <laughs> yeah, like we, it was like our, our final. Oh my God. Um, what would you say is like the, the hardest thing is that, would you say that it's that like actually like doing all those like small fine details with the rendering or. Um, I'd say the hardest thing is like time management because yeah, I'm saying that it might take 10 hours for a drawing, but that might be one assignment for one class. You might have five, six classes in a semester. I know one semester I had six classes and in that it was like design and normal gen ed stuff finishing. And so like, it can be a lot. It's a lot of really late nights. Oh gosh. Is it anything like, um, like, do you have to, to draw things to scale by the way? Cause I know that that will make it a lot more like tedious. And oh yeah. Um, definitely. Um, I'm not the best at hand sketching. I'll be completely honest. It's not my like strongest skill in my skill set. Um, but when you get to the digital side of it, that can take just as long as hand drawing it. Um, Cause there's, I mean, you can imagine like any computer program, there's layers to it. Yeah. Did you have to use a specific software? A bunch. Um, A lot, majority of it was like the Adobe creative suite and uh, like AutoCAD, which is like a 2d drawing tool. Oh, okay. Um, That's the easiest way to explain it. At least a lot of architecture uh, people use it. Yeah, it sounds, um, I don't want to say Photoshop, but it sounds like a mixture of uh, like, um, what is it called? 
And I only know this because I, I've messed around with it a little bit, like in high school, like GIMP. I feel like it's probably like a way harder, more complex version of that with like all like your interior design, um, like tools. Yeah. Um, actually we do use Photoshop. So that's funny that you say that. Oh shit. Um, no way. Yeah. It just depends on what you're doing. Um, there's like, um, you know, like there are always multiple ways to get to whatever you need to accomplish. Um, in any right. situation. So whether you're doing it by hand or you're doing it digitally or, um, you're doing anything or making a model, <laughs> whatever you're doing, um, there's a couple different ways you can do it. And so it's really just finding the ways that work best for you personally. Right. No, I love that you, I love that you say that because that really ties into, um, like, you know how you have to enroll sometimes in these bullshit classes and you're just like, what does this have to do with my major? But then, <laughs> but, or you come across like a problem or a project and it's like, this has nothing to do with what I'm going to school for. But it's all about like the way, like the different ways that you approach the project because then you're like building all these connections in your brain in terms of like <laughs> how to um, like fix it or solve it. And that's really what they're like trying to get at. Get at. Mm -hmm. So I really love that you brought that up. Yeah, those early classes, like, don't take them for granted. It, like, little rave babies that are fresh in the scene that are maybe just getting into college, like, pay attention in your dead ends because the skills that you're learning, you're learning more than just U.S. history. You're learning more than communications, which communications is a very important class. Pay attention in that class because knowing how to speak is so, so important when you get in, is like, to the job field or just interviews in general. Um, yeah. and so like, just don't take it for granted. I mean, you could take it for granted a little bit. You can play a little bit and slack off a little bit in your jet eds, especially when you get to your upper, upper division classes, make those a priority, but pay attention to what you're learning in those other courses, I would say. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and that's what I tell like the trainees at work. I'm always telling them you can't build a house on sand because you need a solid foundation. <laughs> exactly. And it's so cheesy, but it's true. And if you don't know the basics, then there's no way you're going to learn all these like complex, um, like concepts and ideas. And yeah, I think that's super important. So uh, yeah, definitely pay attention in those classes. <laughs> it's important. Yeah, it so is. Yeah, but kind of switching gears. Let's switch some gears. Uh, Molly, can you show us some of the best candies ever that you've received? I'm going to be honest. Everything I've sh I'm showing you today is something I've made personally. That's fine. I, I know. I've never been given like something really cool by another person. <laughs> <laughs> um, if that makes sense. Like um, I've just, given out. You're just that amazing, right? Sorry. No, no. I, I've never been given something cool. Like real. I've never been given like something intricate or something like even like but other than just like a little baby perler on like a single, you know, like I've never been given something larger. Okay. Everyone that's listening, <laughs> let's change that. If you see Molly at a festival, <laughs> you need to give her something amazing and mind blowing. Um, but I love making candy and like I came in the scene in 2014 essentially, but I had been introduced to EDM earlier on because of my sister, my older sister used to go to festivals and stuff. I remember distinctly the moment I decided I want to go to a rave. She was showing me um, an old trailer 
of um like do you remember how insomniac used to do their trailers like really really theatrical almost in the beginning it was very very (sighs) cinematic it was like telling a story almost and then it was yeah like the actual um event and it was yeah no I do remember that I was actually Um, in one of them (laughs) oh that's so cool I've never at least I don't think I've ever been in in a in one of those but um yeah she showed me like a nocturnal 2010 trailer and then I just watched all of them (laughs) and I was like I want to go to this and then so like once I got of age um because they changed it to 18 shortly after right um and so I went to my first event in 2014 totally got involved in the culture and so I guess I should just go in order of like because I have some old stuff I'm going to show you that I've like held on to for a while. Sure. And, okay. So do you remember when people used to make these guys? Oh my gosh. Yes. And with like the actual faces, like, like animals. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, so I don't know if anyone knows, I don't know if they're still made, but these are like candy masks. They're made out of pony beads. And I think that this stitch is called peyote stitching. I don't really know the lingo of candy making. I um I think so too. I think yeah, yeah. Someone, a couple of people have said that that stitch is uh, a peyote, peyote stitch. I don't know why it's called. Yeah, peyote, I th- yeah. I don't know either. I think I think that has something to do with like the blanket weaving. Oh, okay. I was just thinking the uh, little cap, the little squash drug. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, the designer in me is just like, oh, blanket. <laughs> yeah, I don't think your, your like designer brain just like broke it down. It's like, oh yeah. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And then so after that, like obviously you make your singles and all of that stuff. And then I started getting into perler bead making, which is actually my favorite thing to do. I prefer to make the perler. So I like making the necklaces. Really? I feel like that's so much more uh, challenging, but that's awesome. I I don't think so. I get more annoyed at my beads breaking, but so I started doing cuffs, like peyote stitch cuffs with like the perler beads on them. Oh my gosh. Molly, tell us about this for people that are just listening. Um, so um, this pattern, it's kind of like, like a stripe cuff, like but it's not like those X cups. So it just looks like a bunch of bead lines. And then I made a little like Beyond Wonderland um, logo, like their old logo. They don't use this logo anymore, but I made this and I put it on the cuff and it sits like just right here and it's just super cute. And so I make a lot of this style of cuff. Those are the other ones I'm going to show you. How did you do that, by the way? Because like you mentioned, it doesn't like make the X. It's like a a line so you basically like weave it so you're weaving in and out and so you do your first row like you would like a normal like candy bracelet and you take your extra string and you weave it in and like every other bead and while you're doing that you add another bead so as they stack up as you go down it'll stack up and make that it it's honestly the easiest style of cuff to make in my opinion. Okay. Some yeah. People, I'm sure it, like it's easier, uh, done than said, I guess. Yeah. Like I, I only make the single level cuffs. I 
I know I could do a 3D cuff. I know I just would need to watch a tutorial and do it, but I don't want to invest all the time in that. I don't personally like wearing anything larger than like what I'm going to show you. So that's what I make for other people. Oh, okay. (sighs) Okay. So then, so along with the festivals thing, like I'll make themes. So this one's like theme to countdown. Oh, I love that. I don't know if you can tell, but it says three, two, one countdown. And then it has like little hourglass. And those are super fun. Um, This is my favorite cuff I have ever made. And I'm really sad because it's going to break soon. I think if I take it to another event, it's going to break. But it's a little pizza. (laughs) It's a little piece of pizza. And it says, it's that same X stitch that I was talking about. And it says, give me a pizza, dad ass. Oh my God, that is so cute. Show us the the pizza again, like the perler part. Oh, that's dope. And I like to make, I don't know if you can tell, but it's like really, really flat on the front. I like to iron mine so they look as flat as possible compared to letting it be porous like a lot of people do and like how the instructions tell you to do it on the perler beads. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if other people do that, but I try. I like it better when they look as flat as possible. Like all the beads fuse together and it's like a flat plane. I always thought that they looked better that way because I always noticed that one side would always be like perfect and the other side it was still, like you said, like porous. I feel like when mm-hmm. it's all flat, you can see the picture a lot better. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but that's how I do mine. But a lot of people just do it the simple way. Just make it quick and easy. This is the newest cuff I've made. And I think that you're going to like it. Are you a Star Wars fan, right? Or like that no. realm kind of, or Star like Guardians Wars. of the Galaxy? No, I'm not. Maybe oh, you're okay. be with, um, I know. Maybe Kia. as a listener. Yeah. It probably was a Maybe. listener, that, uh, like someone that you had on, but I made a group cute cute well I do know what that is yeah but I did this like so it's three different pieces so these are two singles on the top and then this is the tiny cuff and it says I'm Groot oh that is so creative dude I would never think to like put singles on top like attach it to the actual like cuff um I'm gonna be honest I made the cuff and then put the perler on it and realized the perler was a little bit too big for the cuff. And I was like, hmm. I got, <laughs> I was like, how do I fix this? And then, so I was like, Oh, I'll just add like two more to it and make it look like kind of like a strappy kind of like a garter would, but like on your arm. So that turned out cute. I'll probably do more cuffs like this because I think a lot of people would like it. I originally made this as a gift and then I liked it so much that I kept it for myself. <laughs> Despite like, like the actual like mistake, you like were able to like deck it out. And now you're like, I'm going to Yeah. I was like, oh, well now I really like it. So I think I'm just going to keep it. <laughs> that actually, there's a couple other ones that I have pulled right here that I was like, oh man, I want to keep it, but I, I made it to trade. This is probably the coolest thing I've made. I just made it. So it's just the perler bead. I haven't put it on a necklace yet, but I had to show it because it turned out so good. Oh, like- <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh my God. That looks fucking dope, dude. Excuse me. Yeah, this one, I just wanted to show it because have these are like the striped beads and they iron really, really cool. 
uh, can you, um, for, for people that are just listening, Molly, can you like kind of go into detail about it? So, um, basically perler beads has these style of beads and they're striped. And, um, when you iron them, it kind of makes it look like they're a bunch of mini X's like all over. So it gives you basically a two-tone color in a spot where it would normally be one color bead. Is that a good way to describe it? <laughs> yeah, no, I'll take it. Cause I like, yeah. I can't explain it better. So no, that was yeah. perfect. And I love, uh, it looked first of all it was an excision x everybody and it oh yeah like when you look at it you can't see like a little um like x's until she like brought it up to the camera and it was freaking dope i love that um detail so much yeah i made that um for if we end up going i have an idea of like what outfit i'm gonna do and it'll like match it so i made that for that if not then i'll end up probably trading it at edc or something um, cause yeah, I end up just like giving away my candy and I don't like receive anything in return. I guess that's kind of what I meant earlier. Like I just give it away a lot. Like, cause I see people who don't have any and I'm just like, oh, this will go really good with your outfit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'll like run over to them. Um, okay. The so best. I have a couple necklace styles that I have here. I don't know how long we can talk for, um, or how much you want to see, but let's keep going. Fuck it. Okay, cool. Cool. So I've been making this style lately with these little music notes. So I made this one to trade at EDC. Oh, I love that. I like that, how they're just dangling. It's, it's an EDC logo, everybody. And there's little music notes dangling off like the actual like letters. Yeah, so I did, I did that actually on this next perler. I'm going to show you first. Um, this one is actually going to Miss Lauren Hutzel. I'm like putting together oh, a plur package okay. for her. Yeah. And so I made her like this in Juno one. Um, oh. that, yeah. So that's, this is the first one I did the music notes on. And I was like, dang, that turned out cute. I'm just going to carry that idea over into a bunch of different stuff. Yeah. 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 I think that's like your creative process, honestly. Oh yeah. Um, and then we have your classic glitchy head banger. Oh my God. Can you put that closer? <laughs> I don't know how close you want it, but glitchy headbanger. Oh, wait. Okay. Yeah. When you bring it in closer, I can see the, the four different colors, like the yeah. yellow, blue, pink. But then when she pulls it away, it looks super trippy. And like blurry. Yeah. It's fun. Oh my gosh. How did you um like figure out that effect? Like that's nuts. I got a template on this one. I cannot take credit. <laughs> I just oh, thought okay. someone had done it online and I just found it. And I changed, I changed the colors a little bit to like alter it to how I wanted it. But there's a couple of different ones in this style. I know that there's this one that says like game over and it's like in that same like glitchy trippy style. Um, but it's just like one of those things that you see when you type in perler bead patterns. Oh, okay. Cause I feel like it's almost like an optical illusion kind of. Yeah. I, it's just that like, planted like to the side <laughs> like yeah that's how you're feeling sometimes towards the end of the night <laughs> yeah this is a, I was like how is how's the camera catching this like that is dope <laughs> yeah it's cool and then I have some artist ones so we have your porter oh iconic love gotta love your porter um I could have pulled so much more too and then I have a little walk-in one. Oh, that one's cute I like the colors a lot the Wakan yeah. logo and then we have one of my faves. We have Ghastly. 
Oh, I, is that his logo? I didn't know. Yeah, he when he like first like I made this in 2016. So at that time, he this is like one of his logos he was using. I don't really know if he uses it as much now, but at the time, yeah, that's like what his logo was. Very similar to Porter's. I was going to say, um, Ken reminds me of Porter's, but I didn't know. I wasn't sure. Yeah, just a little different because he's like ghost boy. So it looks like a little ghost face. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then this is um, a singles. I do like a, this single pattern a lot. It's like one of my favorites. I have to put it on for it to make sense though. So it's wings. It's two little wings, but when you have it on you, like they stay upright. And then it looks like you're flying. Like they just look, they flap. And then it just looks like you're a little, your little flying little butterfly wrist. I love that one. How, how did you, um, well, you're an interior designer. So I guess you're like able to craft all these really <laughs> cool candies. That, that one is awesome. I haven't seen like a functioning candy like, or yeah, functioning candy like that besides like a light up one. I haven't seen one that like, where you actually think about how it looks when it moves. Yeah, because I just like I made wings and I was originally going to put them on a cuff and then I ended up putting them on a single and it worked really well. So I, I do these a lot. I'll do a bun bunch of different color patterns and stuff. Um, I made like some really cool rainbow ones I'm going to give away. I have like a whole bin of stuff I've been making that I'm just going to like trade once I get the opportunity. But yeah, these one, this was the first one I made though. So I hold on to this one. Oh, I love that. That one's really unique. Like, yeah, I really like that one. That's why I wanted to show it last because I was like, it's small, but it's mighty. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. I love that. Oh my gosh. Thank you for um, showcasing all of those candies and those perlers. That was like the most I've had like ever, like in a show. So I'm like, this is like <laughs> the best show until ever. Well, I wanted to show as much as possible because like, it's really fun to do. I genuinely really like making the necklaces. So that's why I showed you a bunch of those. Um, it's just, I like it. And this is like a fun little platform to express it. And I know that like other candy kids maybe have like fallen off from making candy or maybe don't really wear them to events as much, which I don't really wear a lot of candy to events. I'll be honest. Because now that, yeah. And like, I like to headbang and I like my cocktails when I'm at an event. And so like, just like all the liquids and stuff from getting bumped up, like you just end up sticky. So I only wear like right. a couple pieces unless I'm going to something large, like EDC. That's when I freaking bring out the stops and I bring all the candy. <laughs> like, and I just like trade so much at EDC. Oh yeah. I always make sure to make at least, at least 10, like 10 is my minimum to make. And I'll make sure to wear at least two or three or have like, a bunch on one arm because I feel like that's always like my goal for EDC. I mean, most events now, but EDC has been like, I'm going to give these all away. Yeah. I think it's because the large scale aspect of it. Um, I would like to say that I would be the same way going to like a tomorrow world, but I know that the candy scene is nothing like it is in America over there. Um, yeah. Even the fashion, it's so different. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like the goal is to make it over there eventually. I've already hit like a lot of different types of festivals and a lot of different ones in the United States as is. And so I just want to try like all of them eventually. Thankfully, my partner feels the same way. So we're, we're just going to make our way through them, I think. You'll do it. I, I'll do it. It'll happen one day for sure. Oh, yeah. Hell yes. Yeah, no, thank you for showing up. You're 
you're, I mean, I already knew you're talented because you, like, I've seen your, your candies that you make and they're so gorgeous, but actually seeing them and like you explaining like the detail and like the functionality, I'm just like blown away by your skills. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's nice to feel recognized for it. I feel like I post for no one sometimes. No. <laughs> <laughs> keep posting. I know you like tag me and I'll like see it like three days later. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know what that is. But I'll like, if I'm on it, like I will share it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, if you guys have candy that you like love, like I will definitely share it. It's just a matter of me, like going on to that account more often. But <laughs> no, I get it. I totally understand. Yeah, no, I love it. I always put like, I have a little highlight on my Instagram, um, where I put like my candy stuff when I post it. I've seen it. Um, yeah, the I have like some of the bigger stuff I've made that I like have given away as gifts. Um, I did like this really huge Tinkerbell piece recently. It was probably the biggest one I've ever made, to be quite honest. Um, and I gifted that to um, Veronica, who owns Pixie Rave Shop. And we did like a little plur package trade when I went up to the Festival Farmers Market to represent Pixie Rave Shop. Oh, I love that. That goes so hand in hand, like Pixie and like Tinkerbell. Oh yeah. That's like her thing. So she like asked me cause she saw that I was posting. She's like, Oh my God, do you make these? Like, um, could, could you like make you one? And I was like, Oh, I, I don't like charge for them. But if you want to do like a plur package, give like plur package trade, I'm super down. Like I'll just make it for you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love that. But thank you so much for sharing girl. I really appreciate that. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for like reaching out and wanting to have me on. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, one last question before you go, if you could have your own festival, what would you call it and why? Oh, that's such a good question. It would have to be like highly stylized. Like it would need to be like a huge, like immersive experience, I feel like. Yeah. Um, what would you name it? Or you know what? Here, let, that's probably hard. If, it's a little hard, but I did one did come to mind. Pixel World. Ooh, I like that. Because I'm really into like lighting and stuff, as you can tell. <laughs> I yeah, love yeah. like all the I like all the fun lights and all that. So, like, I think it would be cool to make like just a glowy, magical pixel world. I like that. I like that a lot. Pixel world. I got it. Hell yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I like, like, I'm going to start asking all these like random questions at the end because I think they're like super fun, but I, and it gets me really excited to hear like people's answers because they're, yeah. like, they're not like scripted or anything. So it's fun to see like you actually think out loud. Yeah, no, um, I don't know why that popped into my head like that, but um, that's really fun. That was a really fun question. I was expecting a raver advice one. I was like preparing for a raver advice. That's what you've been doing lately. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Raver advice. <laughs> I, I'm really like playing with a whole bunch of things, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I really like that one. But um, Molly, plug in where everyone can find you. Um, so I am Molly MF. Um, no, that's not Molly motherfucker. It's Molly and then my middle initial and my last initial of my name. And that's on Twitter and Instagram. And then I am on TikTok, but that's XO Molly MF. I don't really post there that much, to be honest. 
Um, but yeah, that's where I'm mainly at. And then if you ever want to see Fest Outfit Inspo, you can always go over to Base Garden Community and I'm over there as well. Hell yeah. And I'll link all of that in the description so everyone can find where you're at. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. This was so fun. Hell yeah. It was so finally great to meet you, girl. I know. I can't wait to meet you in person. I got to all make you something super special. And when I know I'm going to like for sure see you, hopefully it'll be EDC. Yeah. Fingers, fingers crossed. I'm planning on going and I will make you a special one as well. Cause you said you like haven't received like a super special one. So I will try my best with my amateur candy making skills. You know, I'm, I'm sure it'll look great. Don't even worry, but I'm looking forward to it. Yay. All right, fam. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you guys so much for supporting Best Candy Ever. Please be sure to subscribe, follow on Instagram, on uh, rate and review the podcast and Apple Podcasts. That would be so amazing and would really help support me and Best Candy Ever. I'll see you guys next time, Candy Fam. Stop, 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 stop.